0: Infinite Scope is an organization that is dedicated to serving the community locally, nationally, and internationally. We do this through connecting people to resources, by providing educational and leadership training, as well as meeting the need through tools and skills within our organization. We serve individuals. However, what makes us unique is that our goal is to serve other nonprofit organizations as well. We believe that serving our world should not be limited by minimum or maximum requirements, but should be done through the lens of serving all. There are infinite solutions for community needs. The goal of our podcast is to connect people with other like-minded individuals who are doing the work in various ways to impact the world around them. Join us as we talk with some amazing servant leaders who will also teach you how they impact others. Hello everybody. Want to welcome you once again to Infinite Scope Podcast. Today we are with my brother from another. Uh, you know, we, we we've known each other for a good amount of years. Um, it's gonna be close to uh 20 years coming up very soon. Um okay. uh, we uh I remember our, our first year at UEC. Um and uh just just going through that that just all the all the things all the things um i i i know him by a different moniker but we're gonna call him by his professional name on this uh maurice harvey uh we have him as as the owner and founder of choose better for you um and i I would love for you to introduce yourself, but we also have another treat on this episode. You know, it's always special when I can um have her on here with me. Uh we have the lovely my lady Marie Brumfield, uh a part of the session today. Um, because as I said, uh Maurice's family and he's definitely been a major part of our relationship and believing in a lot of things that we've been doing and stuff like that. So I thought it was key for her to be here just to hear it and and have those voices shared. But Maurice, I want you to go ahead and um, introduce yourself and tell our listeners about who you are and the the
1: company you represent. Absolutely. Well, before I even get started, man, to hear you call me Maurice is amazing. Uh, (laughs) It's so interesting because uh, I don't call you by your name. You don't call me by my name. But in this setting, uh, Anthony, it is. So again, my name is Maurice Harvey. I am the owner and operator of Choose Better For You. Um, We are a private mental health practice located in Charlotte, North Carolina. We uh, focus on individual, couples, um, therapy, outpatient mental health. So again, dealing with uh, anything from anxiety to depression um, to mood disorders um, and really, really man, with everything that's been going on over the past years and change um the world has been um, rattled uh just just all kind of craziness on top of the everyday craziness that we just been dealing with anyway um and so I'm 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 blessed to be able to serve both North and South Carolina cuz I'm I'm duly licensed in North and South Carolina um and I actually um brought on in the last year Three other therapists. I just bought on a, a third therapist this past month. Um, oh. Another one, our brothers. Uh, but uh, we can talk about that a little more offline. But I mean, um, it's, it's it's an absolute blessing to still be able to do the work that I'm passionate about. Um, and choose better for you, right? Where did it where did it even come from, right? Um, and so, like many black men who have come through uh, life experiences early on. I decided to get away from all of those things, got into college, and in the midst of my journey, one of, again, one of our fraternity brothers said, oh man, you should be a social worker, people listen to you, you're a great leader, and um, and I was like, yeah, you know, nah, I'm not gonna be a social worker, I mean, people listen to me, and I, I talk to people, but social workers, I, I grew up in and out and around the projects, like, that's, Social is snatch kids. That's just not what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, come check out my advisor. Went to the advisor. Lo and behold, I changed my major to social work, literally changed my life. My GPA was a <laughs> astounding 2.3 <laughs> um, overall GPA. And I ended up graduating with an M major GPA above a 3.5. Um, it just made sense. Working with people where they are, meeting them where they are, um, strength-based approach. So, you know, looking at people's strengths, looking at people's environment. Um, and it just makes so much sense to me. And so I started working at group homes before I graduated. And then once I graduated, I got into community-based work and started doing intensive home Specifically, I got into social work even more so because I wanted to have a positive impact on young men. um There weren't a lot of positive male influences in my life growing up. Um, I grew up without my father. Um, without the presence of my father, without the presence of any male, um, for the most part, I mean, I have older cousins, I have uncles, but their influence weren't ne- wasn't necessarily the most positive. Um, and it again, when you when you have those influences in your life, you tend to uh, follow suit. And so, while my mother did everything she could as a good Christian woman, um, she got into the church when I was two years old, and she's still a, a minister to this day. Um, Reverend Harvey, how you doing, baby? I know you're going to listen to this. Um, but, uh, you know, I got into it because I wanted to, I wanted young guys to see that you could be both cool and educated. Like you could, you can have fun and, and, and hang out with the fellas and chase the girls and get the money. But you also got to understand that there's consequences for your actions. And so I wanted to be that, I wanted to be that positive voice in the community. And what ended up happening was, um, I was actually changed, and so I would go into these communities and I would talk to these people, and, and everything would just seem fine to me. And I'd go back to my office, and we'd have staff meetings, and they would say, "Hey, Maurice, how are things going?" And I'm like, "Oh, everything's fine," you know. And I I, I use this story all the time, and it's it's, it's really kind of wild. But um, there was this guy, you know, I would see I was seeing this young guy. He was a uh, nine year old, and I would go to his house. He'd get in trouble, suspended from school or whatever, and you know, his uncle would be on the couch, and anytime he got suspended or got in trouble, his uncle would get up and just like punch him in the chest, boom. And this kid was a big nine year old. He was—he looked like thirteen, but he was—he was a big nine year old. And the kid, he'd fall, and his uncle would be like, "I told you to get out of, stay out of trouble." And then the uncle would lay back down on the couch, and the kid would cry, and I'd be like, "Hey man, you heard your uncle? You know, you might need to get it together." And I thought that was normal, right? Like. <laughs> You know, like, I was just excited. He said he had an uncle who cared enough to show him some tough love, but it was, you know, and so I, I would tell this story to, you know, my office, and they, well, that's not, who is this uncle? Like, like how is this his uncle? Like, we know this family. He doesn't have an uncle. It's two sisters that live together, and they, all their kids, those, there's no uncle. Come to find out, this was, this guy happened to be a drug dealer, uh, who who was living in this, in the house with them, and kind of guess Nino Brown style like y'all need me Carter. like uh and so I'm gonna stay here and use this as a place where I do my business um and it was so wild because I never even thought to question who was this guy and in the influence and power that he had in the home with the kids and it was multiple kids in the home there's like literally literally eight kids between uh between two sisters. Well, it's actually three sisters, but the baby sister called the older sister, mama, we ain't going to go through that. But again, family, generational poverty, all of that. And so then I started realizing it's not just the kids, man, it's the adults. The adults actually are having these very similar, you know, kind of lifestyle situations and issues and so I went back to get my my license. Um and I went to uh Winthrop University, got my MSW after graduating from UNC Charlotte with my BSW um, and became a licensed clinical social worker in 2013. Um in 2015, I opened up my private practice. Um, Choose Better for You. Better literally means becoming empowered to transcend every roadblock. At Winthrop University, we have an empowerment um a, approach perspective to um what we do helping people if you will or assisting people and so i just take that same kind of idea and meet people where they are which is the basis of what social work is and so that's who i am that's choose better for you that's what we do that's who i represent and um uh, i'm blessed to be able to do it man thank you for having me yeah thank you um okay so i
2: think what you referred to. Um, with your um personal practice or private practice uh really connects with something that a statement that i heard in this conference today and um as social workers and being in the helping field um like you mentioned we talk about meeting people where they are like that's just you know general thing that's what we do um but the facilitator in my session she said something that made me um, think a little bit deeper, I guess, about it. Uh, she said um, beyond meeting people where they are, she said that in their project, they um, meet people where they dream. And mm. said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to I was like, I'm gonna ask Maurice about that, like what his feedback is, like what he thinks about when he hears that. Um, Thinking about infinite scope and choose better for you, that's as we have that in common as far as definitely like meeting where they are, but also helping them through and getting to their goals. So, um, and then also thinking about one of your videos that I watched on Instagram, you talked about smart goals. So, I did, I watched that. Um, and so, I think that, that it all goes together. But one
1: of your thoughts on that statement. You, sis, that is so powerful, man. So meeting people where they are is, is great. Like that's dope. But meeting people where they dream, what? It reminds me at UNC Charlotte, we had to do these different little competencies or whatever. And so um I went to this course and they were talking about the, uh, the golden, the platinum rule, right? So everybody know the golden rule. Treat others the way they want to be treated, right? Um excuse me, treat others the way you want to be treated. And so the platinum rule is treat others the way they want to be treated. So like in American customs, it's custom to shake hands and what have you. But in other cultures, shaking hands is is disrespectful. So it's like, well, just because you want somebody to shake your hand don't mean, you know, that you should go around shaking people's hands that's not what they want. And so, you know, it was kind of one of those like, boom, aha, like, wow, the platinum rule, like, get out of here. Um, And it's kind of the same kind of concept, man, meeting people where they dream, right? And literally, so that is the... Becoming empowered to transcend every yeah. roadblock. Your dream, your hope, your ambition, where you want to be it in life. Um, literally, I want to, I, I my my goal in life, my mission in life is to help you figure out what those roadblocks are, right? Like to, to literally meet you there and then help you as best I can. Or ah. so it's it's interesting too because my mentor tells me that we can't really help anybody. We can only assist and so i'm trying to correct my language and be mindful of the words that i use mm-hmm. um even though this is called the helping field right like go figure but um <laughs> she's also an lpc that's a whole other story cuz lpcs and lcsws have the have similar skill sets but but use them in different ways um and so we always have great dialogue around the importance of having both um as as effective clinicians and so um meeting people where they're drink, where they dream whoever whoever said that first um is really dope for even having that thought process man and whoever continues to say that i would i would encourage that to let that be the message man not just meet people where they are but also where they dream that's dope i i I mean i I can appreciate i'm i'm gonna use that uh so you go ahead and go ahead and just let them let them know that this already uh charlotte charlotte's heard about it
0: yeah you know um uh the the interesting thing is when you were talking about growing up in a home you know without a father figure or male figure um around or if there were any anywhere else it wasn't really a positive um, male figure in your mom doing the best uh work for where you were at um it makes me think about, How many males have to deal with that, right, on a day to day basis? And, you know, and that was your original intent, right, was was to impact uh, these young men. And and I I remember 2010, or was it 2011, when I did a young men's conference um, in Virginia. Um, And the whole goal was to teach these young men and reach these young men. from middle school to high school age about things that wasn't shown to me, you know, that wasn't given to me. And although I had somewhat of a male figure in my life, he wasn't a positive male figure. Um, You know, I grew up in an abusive household. Um, And so to see my mom beat up, you know, all the time was kind of traumatized, you know, not kind of, it was traumatizing. Let's that's not, that's that's not, not diminish the value of it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, it was traumatizing, you know, and then um, and then having the the impact of my dad not in my life, like how I would want him to be, him being in and out of prison, you know, the feeling of the inadequacy, all that stuff that continues to wear his ugly head, you know, um, as I'm older, you know, and and just think about life mistakes that I made before college, in college, after college, before marriage, during marriage, before kids, after kids, like like all these things. Um, and okay. not to say, and I, I I want to preface this, not to say that all the decisions, all things I did were okay are, are okay because of the trauma that I went through. I'm not okay in the, the bad decisions okay. because of the trauma. I'm recognizing that the trauma was a reason that these that these decisions were made and I thought they were okay just like you said at your job you are like oh I thought this is this is normal what you talking about like at least he's there he's there right, um, right. and so so with that man um as somebody that's in the the helping field or the assisting field right um when you are having these conversations with young men or these couples or these older men that may be talking about their depression, their anxiety, how do you reconcile with your pain, and your hurt, um, to be able to work through that to assist them. Hey, if you are loving what you are hearing, don't forget to follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Infinite Scope, and on IG at Infinite Scope. Now let's jump back into conversation with Anthony and Marie Bromfield. So so
1: here's a here's a here's an interesting thing about me. Um it's it's I, <laughs> I always tell myself and I remind myself that I was built for something. And this is what I was built for, right? Like a lot of times we talk about, you know, for such a time as this, and 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 it's prefaced by this thing happened or this being in the right place or you know being divinely appointed and all these different things. And I feel like my calling. And again, I I didn't say this earlier, but I I was I never wanted to be a therapist for the title. Um, and there was a time that I didn't even tell people I was a therapist. I would just say I'm a social worker. And then I stopped saying that because people looked at me funny because I'm a black man with dreadlocks and being a social worker. And, you know, uh, it, it just, it, it just didn't fit the bill. Um, and so then when I opened my practice, I definitely was like, oh my goodness, I got to shy away from this. Um, but I really feel like I was built for this man. Like my ability to compartmentalize when I'm, When I'm with a client um, and be with them in the moment, um, I feel like it really gives a genuine and authentic opportunity, a space for them to really let it out. Like I was telling you a little bit earlier today, um, I had a client this evening who literally for 55 minutes just talked about this trauma that he experienced over and over and over again with his older brother and just the, the space that they were in in life um, currently based on everything they'd experienced. And I mean, this, this man is our age and he was just talking and he had, he, he said, I had never been able to just have a space where I could talk about my hurt from my older brother. Um, and of course he got all these different other aspects and he a New Yorker that got transplanted to the South in his teenage years. And it was, you know, you know, how you, you know how they go. Um, but, but um, And so, you know, he just, I mean, he just had all of this trauma, all of this trauma. And and I could just be in that space with just really be an ear to hear him say the things he say, not judge him for the things he say, not um, chastise him for feeling the feelings that he has um, or expressing them openly and outwardly. um, Allowing him to recognize that it's not just anger that he's experiencing, um, not normalizing. You know, or being able to normalize that you are a human being, having human experiences um, and that includes a full range of emotions um, across the whole spectrum of emotions, right? Um, And so, I think a big part of my ability to sit in uncomfortable spaces with clients um, gives them the, the opportunity to then grow and heal and not just continue to sweep things under the rug um and so i think that that has been a a, a huge part of my success um as well i've been a counselor myself um a couple of different times um i might need to go back you know' it's the, the pandemic been real i
0: might
1: i might i might need to go back uh to be honest so i, I might i might be in the market for a therapist so if anybody and you're your therapist uh if you want to deal with my level of, of, of stuff you know <laughs> But no that's how i mean literally man i think i think um so literally my ability to compartmentalize And so then when i come home from my long day i have a whole family and so my family really you know just really is supportive and support everything that i'm doing my wife works in my practice my my oldest child works in my practice my two younger boys will probably work in my practice um at some level and um we we do this thing together um and so between that having a group of friends that are supportive and allow me to let my hair down and just, you know, meet me where I'm at, you know what I'm saying? And allow me to just 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 buy, you know, music has always been a blessing. I'm a writer. Um, I've written two books that have nothing to do with mental health because I do that every day. And so uh that being able to de stress from that, um and and poetry. Um Again, I'm a writer. So those things, all of those things allow me to just kind of be able to bounce back from taking in all of what I take in. But I think being, being able to sit in those spaces is uh, probably the most powerful impact that I've had um, when when dealing and sitting with people who are dealing with trauma, with traumatic experiences, uh, with stress, depression, anxiety, um, bipolar disorder, those kind of things.
0: that's good man that's good i uh i appreciate the the the, the vulnerability that you're sharing like that, like that you have those moments with your friends right that you have you know um that you have to have a place where your hair has to be let down you know um I, I, I think when you're in the, in this field of care for people we don't tend to think about where can we have a safe place just to let down and that we're also human. We're, a lot of times it looks like that we're supposed to have it all together, but some, a lot of times we don't. We have this, the same questions that we're being asked, we have the same questions for ourselves, right? Yeah. So, yeah. One of
1: the, one of the, one of the things that I love about clients that come in and they're like, I'm the strong friend, I got I got it all figured out, but I can, I can do that for everybody but me. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I tell people all the time, like, Therapists need therapists. Doctors need doctors. Mechanics need mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Like just because you do something don't mean, you know, you don't need help doing that thing for yourself. Right. Because if you're too close to the situation, it's very hard for you to see all of this that's out there because you're you're in the situation. And so um, I would encourage anybody who, you know, despite what your your uh, socioeconomic status is. Um, what your statue, what your uh, your affluentness is. Um if if you find that sometime life becomes overwhelming and you are finding yourself, you know, um doing things that you can't appreciate, um, that you are second guessing about, I mean, reach out to listen, reach out to a counselor, man. Um, and I and and I don't even just promote counseling, right? Like I believe in 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 life coaches, right? I believe in um peer groups I believe in um having um, accountability partners right like not just not just professionals right but I, I mean professionals because they have a certain skill set but there are people in this world that have great skill sets thats not that's not necessarily professionals The difference between a best friend and a therapist though is that sometimes your best friend mouth might start leaking a little bit of your information you know, in happenstance to other friends like, hey, man, you know, Anthony, uh, da 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 And they're like, oh, why you didn't tell me that. I ain't, you know. And it's like, oh, friend, I thought you was going to keep that to yourself. Well, a therapist don't do that. And if yeah. they do, there's things that protect you from that. And, uh, most therapists would probably just not do that
2: just because <laughs> it's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, one of the things that I love about you is, uh, that your, your involvement in the community, right? You, you outside of just what you do with your business, you are, you are a staple in your community. You, you are culture for service, service for humanity. Um, <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, uh, that, that, that's, that, that's what you exemplify on a day-to-day basis, man. Like, So, so speak to that. Of, of like how you integrated that in, not just with the business, but with everyday life and the stuff that you do within the community? So be- because of the way I grew up um,
1: between public housing um, and government assistance, one of, my, one of my favorite populations to be connected to is the homeless population. Um, I've probably been working with the homeless population to some level. And when I say homeless, I don't just mean the people under the bridge. I'm talking about that person who goes from auntie house to cousin house to best friend house to neighbor's house because they don't have stability, right? A lot of times we discount those people as being homeless, but if you don't have a home to go to, or you don't know where your where your home is that day, you homeless. And so um, n- we neglect those people a lot of times because they aren't, um, one of my clients used this example the other day. He said, you know, I, I always, I, I was the will that wobbled. I never squeaked, and so I never got oil. And I was mm. like, yo, that is, I'm gonna use that. And so uh, here you are. You get uh, uh, right that. That. <laughs> that old infamous scope, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I, I was the wheel that wobbled. I never squeaked, so I never got the oil. Um, and I just thought, I was like, wow, how many people were wobbling wheels that never got oil because they weren't squeaking, man. Yeah. And so. Um my, my favorite again, one of my favorite populations to work with and be around. I know, I know, I know, is the, um the homeless population. And I actually have family members who lived in abandoned spaces. And so I, I could go, you know, there's tent cities. I've been in tent cities, I've hung around tent cities, I've gone in abandoned buildings and talked with people that's in abandoned buildings. I i played in abandoned buildings, <laughs> you know, and so um. My ability to, to to go into those environments, even going into homeless shelters and immediately just start pick just pick up with uh, the, the, the clients that are in there um, and never treating them like they were in need of help, right? Even though they they recognize they were in these spaces, never treating them like they were self-human. And so um even now I am connected and affiliated with a transitional housing program. For women and children here in Charlotte, North Carolina, called Gracious Hands Transitional Housing for women and children, um, and they do phenomenal work. I mean, um, the director there, um, the founder is Sanja Chisholm. She is phenomenal. Just, I mean, from housing these women, and the, the, her motto was "loving them back to life." Right, like literally, I fell in love with Sanja before I even met her. She, I called, I went to this uh, radio interview to talk to them about mental health. I saw her card. I called, and her voicemail came on. And at the end of her voicemail, she was like, "I love you." And I'm like, "Yo, people don't do that." And I'm that weird friend to tell my friends I love them, and I, I make them—I make it awkward sometimes because guys be like, "Tell me you love me. Come here. Let me tell you. Let me, when the last time your homie told you they love you, man? Come here, man. I love you, bro." And sometimes I'll take the bra off just to just yeah. to leave that awkward that awkward "I love you" on there. Like, I love you. Uh, love you too. <laughs> but, um, and so working with Sanja has just been amazing, man. Just watching her grow. Um, for about 18 months, I, I left the entrepreneurship field and went and worked for Mecklenburg County, um, with their homeless services division, um, homeless support services department and ended and, and was able to work in a 120 unit apartment complex. that was a single apartment. Um, units. So one bedroom, one bathroom, a kitchen, living room, studio style um, for people who were formerly chronically homeless. So there was 120 people living in the facility and it was not a, um, oh man, what is it called? Well, you have to be clean, right? Like there, so, so there were people who were actively in their substance recovery or not even caring to get out of their uh, substance use at all, which is unheard of, right? Like yeah, that's people who have that opportunity to go from homelessness to house, um, sustain sustainably housed permanently, right? Um, and not have and and not have to kick their habit. Um, of course there's rules and all that kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Some things that you just can't do. Like you can't just be intoxicated, walking the halls and open containers and uh you know other illegal substances just can't just be out about but but, but it was a great opportunity for me to really be hands on with a population that I had been working with even in our organization we do sleep out for the homeless right and so um and so that was an important program for me and I didn't even realize how important it was to me until after I did it a couple of times I was like yo this is like these are my people <laughs> um and so like that I love uh, community drive. So, if it's a food drive or clothing drive or um, education drive, back to school drive, um, things like that, I I get my kids involved. My wife is also an organization that's heavily community or uh, community service focused. And so, um, really, man, like being a part of the community is where it's at, man. Um, Nonprofit work is amazing. Um, Like I said, Gracious Hand is actually a, a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and they do again amazing work. Um, and then there's another nonprofit that I <laughs> that I work with that um, does mental health work, but they also have a male mentoring program. Um, that they do phenomenal work um, in downtown Charlotte area, um, Concrete Roses Life Center, and they they literally take some some young guys from neighborhoods. The owners, um, the husband, lived in I think in Grittown grew up in grid which is one of the uh charlotte housing authority communities um in, in well one of the largest they have several housing uh, communities um in in Grittown. but uh he grew up on the, in east charlotte and so he i mean i've seen him go and he'll drive all around the city picking up young dudes and bringing them back to the office and we sat up on every other saturday at one time and we're you know just just feeding these guys mentally emotionally and then he would literally feed them food whether it was pizza or chicken or whatever and then we go to the park down the street and play football and basketball and just hang out like why not right um so yeah community involvement man i i love being a part of the community um that's i mean that's i don't know it's just just a part of who we are as people who i am as a person
0: yeah, <laughs> then, um, uh, I don't know if Marie has any other thing that she wants to follow up with. Or...
2: No, um, just of course, thank you for being on here with us and sharing um, about you your background and all the great work you do, whether it's with your private practice or like you just talked about in the community, um, and I admire and love how
1: you and Tiffany both like work together. You include all three kids um, in the community work and in your practice. So
0: um, y'all are amazing family. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, we're fan of, we're fans of the hearts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, man, I I love you. You know that. Um and uh, I'm you know, I almost called you by your name. Yeah. You not yeah. say I love you because I almost said. Please say come, come on man i love you bro <laughs> yeah man um i'm I'm always grateful for our conversations it, it doesn't matter if we talk every day or if we miss it for a few months it picks up like it never left off um you are one of the rare rare friends uh that I can really call a brother um and man i, I I'm just thankful that you're on here like what marie said, Thank you for sharing uh, your your stuff, your, your history, your just being vulnerable and letting people know who you are. Um, as we get ready to close out, tell people how to find you on social media and other things so they, they can follow you and stuff.
1: Absolutely. So um, for the people who are not on social media, uh, www.choosebetterforyou.com. That's choose better, the number four, the letter U. Choose better for you.com. Uh, for people who are on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at our name, Choose Better for You, the number four, the letter U. So choose better, the number four, the letter U on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Yeah. yeah. So follow him. Um, if you have people in, in the Charlotte area or in the Rock Hill, South Carolina area as well, because he's licensed in both states, um, and he uh, to definitely connect them to them i I think everybody everybody should see to seek out therapy for things that going on in life. no matter your social economic status no matter what 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 background you come from race it doesn't matter i think it's important to be able to have those conversations with somebody outside of yourself and outside of your close-knit family because you you need a different perspective and so uh thank you for the work that you do And everybody uh, tune in for the next one, thank you. We hope that we have connected you to a new resource, a new way of thinking, or simply encouraged you. As we continue to prepare to serve those around us, we ask that you partner with us. You can do this financially or coming along and volunteering in other capacities. If you are interested in partnering with us, please email anthony at infinitescope.org. Remember, follow the highway and you'll probably arrive at a destination. Follow your heart and you may leave a trail. In service and solidarity, I am Anthony Brumfield. Thank you for listening.